Hey, what's going on everybody? It's your boy Val Cisco and welcome to Elite Wrestling Audio. This is your 2021 AEW Revolution post show. It is I, your boy Val Cisco, aka Lucha Val. I'm doing a dolo today as my partner in crime, the Tully Blanchard out of this podcast. Mr. Jay Rance is taking a sabbatical today, a little personal time for himself, which is always needed. So, without further ado, it is me, your boy Val Cisco, and I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on the latest AEW pay-per-view. Alright, let's set the tone, guys. It's me, it's your boy, you know me, I love me some professional wrestling, and 2021, what are we going to expect for the future? Of this brand AEW well I gotta say going into this pay-per-view I really wasn't as hyped up as some people were I, I felt some of the matches were a little bland especially with the promotion uh, before the event I felt like the the main event you know the selling point of the barbed wire death match exploding death match um, came off a whim I felt like there wasn't enough time to build for this and the feud kind of went cold from December to January with Moxley and Omega. So I really wasn't as as invested as I should have been going into this card. Nonetheless, I'm not going to miss an AEW show. For some reason, I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm going to deep dive into it just like I do with WWE, just like we do with Impact Wrestling. So um, let's 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 get into it guys let's let's talk about it because there's a lot of talk about for this card you know all the way in jacksonville florida daily's place it is setting the scene for revolution 2021 uh big fight feels the stage looked a little different with a nice little bottom titantron for the entrance um kind of mimicking wwe in a, in, a, in, a, in a bit but you know it, it's good. It's a good touch for them, especially with the aesthetics in Daly's place. It just fit right. Nice little crowd was there in attendance as well, too. It wasn't 100% full, but for what it was and the capacity that they wanted to fill, it looked great. And you could definitely hear the crowd. They were definitely getting tired by the by the end of the night this definitely was like almost a four hour pay-per-view if you want to conclude the pre-show maybe a four hour pay-per-view but nonetheless they were engaged in every single damn match um including the pre-show guys the buy-in show by far one of my favorite matches I'm hearing a lot of flack a lot of flack um do the twitterverse and instagram verse out there that people weren't as happy with this match and of course the the non-casual fans you know the hardcore fans that really love professional wrestling they absolutely salivated with this match this was a strong buy-in opener if you will if this was supposed to gather people to to buy this show um i think it did a successful job um in my in my line of work when we see these things over here Generally, if you're going to go ahead and buy a wrestling or professional wrestling pay-per-view, you're already buying it. Like, there's no real sense of a buy-in show. Um, but I get what they're doing, and it's it's okay. I appreciate it. You want to set the tone, set the suspense for the night. And these ladies, they went to town. Yes, it was a tag match. I know there's a lot of tag team wrestling in AEW, but I gotta say, this was such a great match. It was one of my favorite matches matches of the night and i gotta say this should have been on the main card compared to maybe one or two matches that we had uh this was a tag team match originally it was supposed to be Britt baker and reba rebel uh taking on rio and dunder rosa but 
a late switch in the game, we had Britt Baker take on, well, sorry, tag with the Japanese Joshi sensation, Maki Io. And, bro, this was a breath of fresh air. If you haven't seen Maki whatsoever, she is the reverse Rio. She is the evil kawaii character come to life. You want to think of a, if a Japanese Chucky doll? This is Maki right here. She was great from her karaoke, from her bad words that she's spitting to the audience, to the middle fingers galore in this match. She... The fact that her stature, which she's very short, 5'3", she matches just well with Ryo, so it makes the match feel believable. And of course, the bad blood with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker were there, so um, I love the mix-up. I love how different it was, and god damn, it's, it's just so good to see great women's wrestling in AEW. Um, this was a perfect example, and I see a lot of people, like I said, out there giving this match like a 3, a 2, a great C... This match was amazing. The storytelling that they had, you know, storytelling um, with Thunder Rosa back in the day in Japan, challenging Maki for a title one uh, once upon a time. Um, the 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 rivalry between Britt Baker and Riho, as Britt was one of her uh, the first title defense that Riho had in AEW, um, and just of course Maki and Rio's um, um, history. Um, in the wrestling business as well too and of course the bad blood between thunder rosa and Britt baker like so many stories to clash in this match maki was definitely the star her style is savage i absolutely love her style it is like i said reverse rio she, she's a small lady but she knows how to get down like her strikes are hard her offense is incredible it, it's very japanese yes if you're not gonna if you're not a fan of japanese wrestling and we've had a, a previous podcast as well too talking talking about how we felt about japanese wrestling then um so please go go listen to it it's a good podcast but this is a very japanese style match and um if you're not a fan of japanese wrestling you probably weren't invested into this but this had all the glitz and glamour that you would get from a joshi match um i absolutely loved it though I thought the move sequences were great. I thought the near falls were incredible. I thought everything looked super realistic. I love the back and forth banter between all four women. Thunder Rosa like, flicking off Rio and Britt Baker, vice versa. You know, the classic picture of, uh, of, 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 of Britt Baker and Maki just throwing up the birds to the audience was great as well, too. I thought this was a fun match. At the end of the match, we saw Britt Baker and Maki take the win with Rebel with the assistance with her crutch as well, too. I think the right ladies won the match. I mean, I don't like to see Thunder Rosa take too many L's, but right now with Maki coming into AEW, um, and if she's going to be a permanent fixture in AEW, she's going to be fantastic. There's going to be so much upside with her. Uh, Britt Baker looks like a star. Every time we see her, she's improving every time we see her. And um, after the match, a little weird. We saw Nyla Rose come out with uh, Vicky Guerrero and kind of be the heels in this match and just go to town and take out everybody. It was very strange, but hey, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was uh, it was weird, but hey, we have a, a little bit of an alliance going on. And I, I can dig it. I can dig it. I can super dig it. Let's get into the next match, the first match 
officially of AEW's revolution. Let's talk about AEW's tag team division for the AEW Tag Team Championships. The Young Bucks, the champions, were defending their world championships against Chris Jericho and MJF of the Inner Circle. Decent match, I'm not gonna lie. Was it the best Young Bucks match I've seen? Not, not so much. But it was still a great fucking match. I mean, they have great chemistry with Jericho and MJF. I think um, MJF and Jericho have something going on as well, too, when they tag. It just feels natural. And this was a nice personal match. The storytelling was there, especially with the storytelling with Papa Buck and the Inner Circle and things of that nature. But I really loved it. There were so many great near falls in this match. Uh, now crazy high spots that you would think from a Young ma young Bucks match. It was pretty straightforward, um, but I did like it, though. I loved it. I loved the the teases of dissension between the inner circle over here, as we saw many times where Jericho or MGF would almost cost each other the match because people weren't in sync at that time. So, um, the Young Bucks do get the win in an exciting match. We got to see an awesome um, ending sequence with um, the Young Bucks hitting the Meltzer driver on Chris Jericho, getting the pin as well too. After the match, we saw Jericho and MJF pissed off beyond belief that they failed to capture the tag team championships. We'll definitely see on Wednesday what happens as Jericho announces that there's going to be a, uh, a uh, press conference of sorts to talk about the state of the inner circle. MGF goes onto the camera and says, yeah, there definitely has to be a change in the inner circle. And we're going to talk about it Wednesday. So maybe the tease right there, the big tease that everybody's been waiting for all these months. Will MJF finally turn on Jericho? Tune in Wednesday. We will see. Casino Tag Team Battle Royal Time. This was great. I gotta love this match right here because since AEW's inception, their gauntlets or battle royals or rumbles, if you will, have not been the best. I will say that. But this right here was a perfect blend of a gauntlet style match mixed with a Royal Rumble. Essentially, it was like a Royal Rumble for tag teams. They had a countdown clock as well, too. I believe every two minutes, a new tag team would enter the ring. And it was highly enjoyable. Like, you had uh, QT Marshall and Dustin Rose being one of the main acts, the natural nightmares of this tag team battle royal. Um, all the members of the Dark Order essentially were in this. Uh, all the members of the Inner Circle with uh, Santana or Ortiz were in this as well, too. SCU made their return in this match. Um, of course, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, the Jurassic Express, made highlights in this match. So many different damn moments, I can't even count. John Silver, a huge standout. Pocket Phoenix, great fucking standouts. Bear Country, I enjoyed it. A couple of my friends didn't really enjoy that. The fact that Bear Country looks like a ripoff of like Heavy Machinery almost, but... I think it's a breath of fresh air. They're a different tag team, you know, instead of like a whole bunch of like high flyers, we have something more grounded. The absence of the revival, I felt that in this match right here. I think they should have definitely been in this match, but hey, it's okay. We don't need to use everybody. Sometimes the top guys need to take a, a day off and um, you need to remember that, that these are guys you can have in your back pocket. Not everybody needs to be in a match. So, I, it's okay. It, were they missing this match? Definitely. But we had a, a, a plethora, a smorgasbord of tag teams in this match. Um, 
you know, a couple things that uh, that well, one big thing, two, a couple things that that stood out in this match: the dissension between QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. We saw that where um, I believe one of the tag teams were the was the Gun Club, which is also part of the Nightmare Family. They were essentially eliminated by QT Marshall, who was also part of the Nightmare Family. Of course, Dustin takes issue to this, and rightfully so. Like. QT's giving Dustin the bird, eliminates himself because he's pissed off that this is a tag team championship number one contender match. Like, there ain't no friends here. We're here to win this match to win titles. So my man flips him the bird and leaves, eliminates himself. Uh, I found that pretty interesting. I like the story that they're taking with QT Marshall. Uh, him as a heel works as, works for me rather than him as this apple-eating baby face. So I'll take this over over that any time any day whatsoever but um the crux of the match really finished with this we had jungle boy and ray phoenix we had basically the jurassic express um the last member of the jurassic express take on the last uh member of the death triangle ray phoenix and these guys put on an outstanding performance with ray phoenix getting the elimination and him and pack are going to be taking on the Young Bucks at some point as well too for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. So um, that's going to be a phenomenal match. I cannot wait for that. I think this is going to be a fun match in the future. Um, if you're looking for that acrobatic indie match, you're going to find it with, with those four right there. So excellent, excellent, excellent battle royal. I felt like this was the best battle royal that AEW has produced in it, since it's... It, uh, Inception, excuse me, we're live, pal. Um, but I'm trying to enunciate over here. But I gotta say that it was such a slobber knocker that I enjoyed it. I am hype with that. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. The next match of the night the AEW Women's Championship match with Hikaru Shida defending her AEW Women's Championship against Ryo Mizunami. And she, Ryo, another one, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, like, she looks like Okada a tad bit. She's like a female Okada. But she definitely earned her place in one of the best women's matches that we've seen. Joshi was on par today. Joshi was the, the meal of the night when it comes to this type of wrestling. Whether it's the females match earlier or this match right here. You got that strong style. Um, just salivating over these two women right now. Both of these women... Um, whether it was uh, um, Shida or Rio were going to town forearm stiff shots stiff hits to the face it was really a barn burner a slobber knocker if you will this is the best I've seen Shida in a long time I've been very critical Jay has been very critical on how we feel about Sheeta's title performance or her reign, excuse me. Um, I feel she's hot and cold sometimes, and maybe it's the right dancing partner, but Sheeta in this match was phenomenal. Yes, yeah, she's the longest reigning um, AEW Women's Champion to date, and that's respect right there. But at some point, we felt that maybe she was getting a little stale, maybe there wasn't enough character development of, of who Sheeta was, what her intentions were, why is she the best, what, what motivates her. Um, were those questions answered in this match not really but she did seem like she was the best wrestler in the world in this match it, 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 she proved her point a very very hard hitting match maybe this is the style that she needs to wrestle stiff because it was great whether it was her strikes 
her knees, her falcon arrows. This was a great back and forth match where we almost saw Rio almost won this match a couple of times. Like, this felt personal. I absolutely loved it. The back and forth, the rivalries, these women fought before with Rio taking the win earlier in Cheetah's career. So the story was there. Will Cheetah defend her title to vanquish this, this foreign enemy from her past? And I love the story in that match. And of course, Rio giving, um, not giving in. Sheeta giving everything she could to defend this title and it ended with a new move for Sheeta. I didn't I, I appreciate it. Was it flush? Mm. Maybe not as flush as it should have been or could have been. I think that's the flaw of real matches sometimes is that the end sequence doesn't live up to the entire match. But the new move was like a roundhouse or a, a 360 spinning knee to the face. Which was pretty cool. And the impact was there. Finishing off Rio. It was great. It was glorious. These two women celebrate together after putting on a phenomenal match. At the end of the match, we saw all the heels break out. Britt Baker, uh, Reba, Maki comes out. Um, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero just beating the hell out of these two women. Once again, showing dominance in this faction that they're trying to make right here. I love the fact that Maki came out, went straight for Rio and started biting her fingers oh i love the fact that she's this little like ah uh, like just imagine your little sister that annoys the hell out of you she's that person right there and it just fits so well in this little stable that they're trying to create so what's gonna come out of this i don't know we saw thunder rosa make the save so we'll see what happens for the future of this division but right now the heels are are taking over it's kind of like the injustice league or the um the legion of doom from the comics finally taking over finally getting a win and what will our heroes do on the next issue well we'll see so very comic book like but i i, I enjoyed it sometimes you gotta marry each other right good guys can't always be on top always so, let's get into the next match, maybe my least favorite match of the night, but at the end of the day, it served its purpose. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian taking on Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, the story's been there. Uh, where are we at now? Everybody hates each other, I totally get it. Am I over Orange Cassidy? A tad bit, I still enjoy him from, from time to time, but I feel like he was overexposed and that 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 need to to want to watch him or get psyched when he's on tv is diminishing little by little but he did have a good match over here chuck taylor always great as well too uh the story of this match goes there's gonna be a pre-interview before the match miro and sabian blindside the two gentlemen in the backstage beating the ever living shit out of them um, of course, bringing them into the ring. Chuck does say he wants to continue. So does Orange. Chuck already sporting almost a bloody eye. Whether it was a cut inside the eye or maybe around the top of the eye, his eye was leaking. Um, and of course, that just told the story of the whole match. These two baby faces being beat down by the heels. Miro, extra fucking hype in this match. Um, looks like a monster. He felt like a monster in this match. It's probably the best we've seen Miro since his arrival in AEW. Um, if this is the direction they're going with him, then I could see it and I like it. He's still doing the same moves, whether it's the Machka kick or the, the, the game over um, um, camel clutch. But I like the story in this match. You know, the good guys, the baby faces were trying to make their comebacks, but to no avail. Uh, a little dissension almost with Kip and 
and Penelope with Miro where um, Kip was outside either spoiled injury or trying to protect Penelope. Miro visibly upset at both of them yelling at them to get into the ring so he can make a tag and finish the match. It happens. Machka kick to Chuck Taylor. Gets the, the accolade, the game over. Camel clutch. Wrenches it and gets the win. Big win for Miro and Kip Sabian. More upside for Miro in this match than Kip, which is kind of sad because I believe it was Kip and um, Jaboy Sammy Guevara, who's also missing from this um, event um, that started the first AEW show or event. So the fact that, you know, Kip is not bigger than where he's at right now is a far cry. But I digress. A decent match. It had its place on the card. I'm happy for it. Another great match. Let's get into it. I know I'm going kind of fast, guys, but this is a quick review right here. I'm doing it dolo, so I just want to give my fresh opinions as I feel about the card right now. Hangman Adam Page taking on big money Matt Hardy in a big money match. The winner of the match seizes control of all the financial assets and rights for their brands, their their respective brands. So even if Matt Hardy or Hangman Page came out with a toy... All the proceeds that would go to that toy would go directly to Matt Hardy or or Hangman Page. It definitely was a big money match, a very indie style match. Basically, winner gets winner's merch. Um, a fantastic match where I saw the crowd really get into this. And whether it's the love for Hangman or the love for Matt Hardy, but the love for Matt Hardy was real in this match. Um, I haven't heard an ovation for Matt Hardy like this in such a long time. Uh, I appreciate it. Matt Hardy looked incredible in this match. This is one of Matt Hardy's best match that we best matches that we've seen in a long time. He hit all his his favorite hits: the Splash Mountain Power Bomb, the side effects countering the Buckshot Lariat, the Twist of Fate on the floor, the Twist of Fate in the ring, Hangman, as well too, doing the best baby face work that we've seen him do in a long time. Um, of course, a back and forth match. A lot of near falls in this match. Really could have went anywhere. Hell, we even saw, I believe, Jack Evans come into this match. I could be wrong in that one, but I do know Private Party did enter this match as well too, trying to cause a distraction. Almost did. We almost fell for that near fall with with Hangman kicking out of the twist of fate. Um, with a great little shock surprise look from Matt Hardy's face as well too. The Dark Order storms the ring. They take out Private Party. There's a part where Matt Hardy tosses Hangman Page out and Hangman crowd serves on the Dark Order, bringing them to the apron. Hits the Buckshot Lariat, which is replayed at least a thousand times because it looks so damn good. Matt Hardy took this like a champ. He gets the pin, one, two, and three, and Hangman Page wins the big money match. Also celebrates with the Dark Order with a giant hug and a beer celebration. You couldn't ask for a better storybook ending with that. What's going to happen with this feud with Matt Hardy? I'm not too sure. What's going to happen with the Dark Order? Not too sure as well too. The Dark Order... They had a couple of losses. They've been having a couple of losses for a long time already. I think it's time for them to get a couple of wins, man. I really wish that they would have won the 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 Battle Royal for a shot for the Tag Team Championships. I mean, I'm not mad of who won. But at the end of the day, like I think you should push them a little bit more. Because they're so goddamn over. But maybe something could happen with Hangman Page. We don't know. But let's get into the next match right here, okay? Because um, that was definitely a great match. Alright, here we go. The face 
or face of the revolution i probably messed that up a couple of times while posting it but face of the revolution ladder match featuring cody rhodes penta el ciro uh, scorpio sky lance archer max caster and of course making his AEW debut all ego Ethan Page for the casuals the guy that was in the tag team the north in impact wrestling also Evolve headliner as well too across the indies as well uh, if you don't know him that shows how much of a fucking casual you are fucking twitter over here and all their trolls out there there who, who who's that who's that whatever anyway the winner of this match would get a shot of or at the TNT um, championship, Darby Allen's TNT championship, since he's not defending it tonight. Uh, I liked it. I liked the concept. I thought that it was a cool concept. It makes the TNT championship seem valuable, something worth fighting for. So I appreciate that. Um, you'll see the memes online because everybody's making fun of it. Yes, the prize at the top was no, it was not a contract or a briefcase, it was a legitimate brass ring. Definitely a shot at WWE or maybe any kind of promoter out there with the word seize the moment, grab the brass ring. So I definitely get it, but that's not the butt of the jokes. You would think that that's the butt of the joke, but the butt of the joke is that the ring itself looked like a Sonic the Hedgehog coin. So yes, if you're a fan of the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise out there, you got your money's worth watching this uh, AEW pay-per-view because it is literally everywhere on all social media. They're making fun of it. a gold coin we get it i digress the match itself fucking brutal ladder match i loved it from start to finish everybody had a moment everybody had a moment cody rose had a moment archer had a moment scorpio sky had moments penta had moments ethan page had so many moments ethan page man if you weren't a fan of him before you are a fan of him now that razor's edge the splash mountain powerbomb to lance archer lance archer is a big boy so i don't know how many steroids i'm kidding i don't know how many push-ups ethan page did to lift that bad boy up but he did on top of a ladder it looked amazing so many high risk maneuvers were happening on this it definitely gave you feels of the mid 2000s early 2000s ladder matches that happened in the wwe definitely had tlc vibes to it um but like i said everybody had like a role to play in this match cody had a role to play getting injured many times in this match already suffering the injuries that he had with the shack match from last week but the story was his shoulders were just killing him whether whether the first shoulder that was taped up it was a target from everybody in this match to the oldest shoulder that everybody was attacking as well too because if you don't have two good arms you can't climb the match he was taking out the match at one point after a nasty fall I believe it was the Canadian Destroyer from um, Pentagon Jr., I'll call him that right there, uh, threw a ladder that knocked him out of the match. Cody Rhodes came back, started slapping people with, belt with, the, with his weightlifting belt, which elicited a boo from the audience, so I appreciate that. That heel turn, man, it's going to be glorious for Cody Rhodes. Watch, 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 people. It's going to be great, but it's not going to happen until we have a proper baby face that could be the head of the company right now. That's the only thing we're waiting for right now. But I digress. The only person that looked a little um off was Max Caster. I mean, he was cool. 
He had a couple of moments with his boombox smacking people up and whatnot, but at the end of the day, did he do anything special? I can't say that, and I really feel that this match could have been given to, let's say, Eddie Kingston. And Eddie's role would come out later on this match, or in this event, excuse me, um, toward the main event. But I think Eddie Kingston's earned his spot on the card to be a part of any kind of pay-per-view. Um, so he was missed. He should have been in this match over Max Caster. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that could have been in this match as well, too. But hey, uh, they're giving some new guys a chance to go out there and see what they can do. So, hey, I, I can appreciate that, right? We can all appreciate pushing new talent. So, hey, rock and roll. Uh, but, of course, the end sequence was Cody getting the advantage many times, trying to get the brass ring. And, of course, Scorpio Sky just unloads on Cody and rakes the eyes, tossing Cody to the floor, which is very uncharacteristic for Scorpio Sky because to this day, he's been a real clean baby face. And the rake to the eyes just shows maybe a little bit of heel tendencies. I need to do different tactics to be the, at the top of this division. And um, I can appreciate that. No one saw Scorpio Sky win this match. You look at all the podcasts out there, all the YouTubes out there, people are throwing out Ethan Page, people are throwing out Christian Cage, people are throwing out Lance Archer, but everybody was counting my, my man Scorpio Sky out, and I hear a lot of people pissed off about it. Guys, guess what? You can't push Ethan Page that hard just yet. They learned their lesson with Brian Cage. And in some aspects, Brody Lee as well too, because they pushed him to the main event. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. They pushed him to the main event, and they kind of withered away. Brody Lee was the only one to separate himself and had a tremendous feud with Cody Rhodes. But Cage, he's he's there in Team Taz, which he has his place. But if they had not pulled the trigger just yet on Cage, I think he would have been um, he would have been in a different place right now in AEW. Possibly, who knows? Uh, but I'm happy with, with the fact that they didn't pull the trigger on Ethan just yet. Just shows that they're gonna build him, and you're gonna see exactly what all Eagle is about in the future days of AEW. I'm super happy about that. You're not gonna pull the trigger on Penta right now. You're not gonna pull the trigger on Cody because you've been there, done that. Archer maybe, and Caster not really because you know, of course, he's part of the acclaimed. So I, I loved it. A veteran day one AEW. Everybody said he was going to be a star. He gets a second chance at that title. And with heel tactics, I think it will be great. The best part about this is that the winner of this match goes on to fight Darby Allen this coming Wednesday. So this Wednesday, there's going to be a lot of activity. So tune in. Scorpio Sky, the winner. The number one contender for the TNT Championship. Of course, I mentioned his name just a minute ago. But let's talk about the new signee. Uh, to AEW, the Hall of Famer-esque, um, uh, I guess, um, signee to AEW, lost for words right there, that Paul White said earlier in the week. Well, we had him. The countdown went down, and we saw a very familiar face that we've been seeing on TV lately, maybe on the other brand. Christian Cage makes his AEW debut, signs a contract in the middle of the ring, has new merch, has great entrance music. What can I say? I'm super happy. People are pissed off like, oh my god, I can't believe Christian Cage is there. Another WWE reject, yada, 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 yada. It's a business, guys. It's a business. You need f familiar faces 
for casual people like yourselves to tune in and and get involved with AEW, okay? It's just a business decision. Get over it already. And of course, I'm excited because Christian Cage, Christian himself, is a phenomenal wrestler with a wealth of experience as well too, especially in any kind of matchup. From the top to the bottom, he knows what he's doing and he could teach a lot of these cats something new or something different that didn't they didn't know before and it could only help the company grow even more i don't i, I don't see the big deal with this right here I, I think christian wants to go out on his terms in the best way possible in wrestling and if he wants to end it right here at AEW, so be it why not at this point why not let him have some fun and I gotta say, I'm a mark for Christian Cage the name. I love it. Uh, I know it, 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 I had to grow on that, grow, grow on it. Excuse me, I can't even talk today. Uh, when he first had that name in TNA, but hell, I was super excited. So Christian Cage, AEW, super happy. Let's move on now to the match that almost everybody's talking about too. This whole event everybody was talking about. Like I said, uh, I'll get into how I felt felt all around about the pay per view, but good stuff, right? Good stuff. Sting and Darby Allen taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks at a Team Taz in a cinematic street fight. Guys, this was epic. A cinematic match for everybody to feast their eyes on. And boy, oh boy, was it fantastic. Short and sweet. I loved it. It was pretty gritty, but gritty in all the right reasons. While this match was happening, they were setting up the exploding barbed wire death match. So um, they, they needed to fix the ring a tad bit while this was happening. But man, if you saw this, you were in for a treat. We got to see Team Taz make their, their entrance to this undisclosed area. And this very fast and furious movie-like entrance with Ricky Star and his sunglasses. Ricky Stark's going to be a fucking stud. I cannot wait till he's out of Team Taz because he's going to be the future of AEW. Mark my words. Ricky Starks, man, driving that Lambo on the top of a building, picking up Brian Cage and going to the undisclosed location, waiting on Sting and Darby Allen. Sting and Darby Allen making their way to the arena. Sting by a black pickup truck, giving you WCW revenge feels. Swear to everything. And of course, Darby Allen making his way to the arena by, by skateboard. You have all these minions, these cultists, if you will, of Darby and, and Sting following behind him as well to entering the undisclosed location, this warehouse, if you will. And it was just a sight to see. I love the, the face paint on both of them half and half for both Darby and Sting with both rocking the Sting war paint and the Darby war paint at, together showing the, the the synergy, the unison between both of these stars. Um, loved it. I loved it. They were both in street fight attire. Like um, I, I hate when I see a street fight and you have people in like the wrestling gear. That makes no sense. So I like the fact that Sting was coming out in jeans and his, his promo shirt. Darby pair of fucking um, like like army fatigue like army green pants um and of course cage and starks looking like studs as well too this match was brutal yeah it was cinematic but uh, you could you could feel the damage everybody was getting like there was this ring that was in this warehouse but uh as soon as like the match started all hell was breaking loose of course people were getting outside the ring the little minions of sting and darby were getting shitted on by team taz they were fighting outside inside around the brick area 
Uh, Darby went through windows. Um, Sting, Sting looking great. There was a point point where Sting and Brian, sorry, Sting and um, Ricky Starks had exchanges, and um, he did a sunset flip from a power bomb. Sting, bro, look at you, bro. You're like. Uh, up there at age, and you're still doing sunset flips. That was amazing. But then again, look at the the Rock and Roll Express doing Canadian Destroyer. So I can't be a surprise, right? Those NWA boys. Um, great matchup. You had, um, of course, Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs with an orange mask. <laughs> so you didn't know who he was. That was hilarious. Came out there and tried to interrupt this match. Great sequences with Darby Allen throwing the bat from a roof with Sting catching the bat and laying waste to Team Taz. Um, the ending sequence, of course, was Sting and Ricky Starks back in the ring and having this great wrestling exchange. It was this awesome part from a near fall where Sting went for a Stinger splash. And in mid-sequence, we saw Ricky Starks pull the top of the turnbuckle and Sting hit it, causing a near fall but did not happen. The Scorpion death drop given two Ricky Starks for the three Sting and Darby Allen get the win with a nice little Sting stare to the camera to the hard camera as the uh, lights go off and we get ready for the main event loved it fantastic AEW knows what they're doing when it comes to these cinematic matches loved it loved it loved it let's talk about it guys the main event I'm gonna say this right now because people are gonna shit on it for many reasons some people shit on it because of hardcore wrestling. I get it. Death matches are not your thing. And that's totally okay. So I will never talk bad about people saying, Oh, I don't like death matches. Because that's your preference. And it's okay. My problem are the people that are saying, Well, this is not wrestling. And this is bullshit. And this shouldn't be a main event. Look at these glorified stunt doubles. Number one, if it's not your forte, then don't watch. That's one. If you're going to shit on it, don't watch it. It's a style of match that people are in love with. CCW fans, ECW fans, you want to go out there and say pro wrestling, you want to go out there, go out there and watch these matches, these classic, like, all Japan matches um, from the past, these death matches with Terry Funk and, and uh, countless other people as well, too. The history behind this match um, is very significant. So I appreciate this match from start to finish. Was it the most brutal match you'll see from AEW? No, I think there've been. I think um, the Moxley Joy Janela and the Moxley Omega match, Lights Out match, were a little bit more violent in some aspects, but this was pretty violent as well too. Um, I'm gonna get it out of the way right now so I can talk good about this match. Yes, the ending sequence happened, where all the the bombs were supposed to explode in the ring, and we were supposed to see mayhem happen, and it kind of fizzled out on live TV. I get it. I get it. I get the backlash, people. Things happen. You expected a giant explosion. It didn't happen the way it was supposed to. I understand. That does not take away from the match itself and the storytelling. Or the pay-per-view in general. People are like, oh, fucking AEW. They can't even explode a ring. You know, this is why they're whack. This is why WWE's better. Uh, I, I'm lost for words with that. Because so much storytelling was in this match, including the, the final sequence as well, too. So let's get into it, man. Match starts. They explain the rules. You know, different sides, all three sides, having um, bombs 
like explosions set off every time they hit the ropes. Barbed wire on all three ropes, one side only to get into the ring was not covered. Uh, the termicals were covered with barbed wire, tables with barbed wire. Outside were covered with bombs and barbed wire as well too. Uh, brutal. Moxley coming out, fantastic ovation, having a flask, drinking some whiskey before the match because he knew he was going to get himself fucked up. Omega coming out with a classic, a new but classic shirt. I might buy that shirt. I don't like white shirts because they get dirty easily. But a classic shirt as well too of like, um, of the Japanese style death matches. And like how old school, look, look, like a, look like an old school Cactus Jack or Terry Funk shirt, but with Omega Moxley on it. So I, I need to get my hands on that shirt. That was great. I love the duality. I love how, um, a little inside baseball talk right here. You know, the the baby face in this match will wear black to show that he, he's going to a, he or she are going to a dark place. They're 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 setting the tone that they're they need to do anything it takes to get out of this match. While the the heel would wear something white. And why would they wear something white? Well, number one, um, it shows that they feel like they are the good guy in this story. Very Joker-esque. I could take that. But as a heel, when you bleed or somebody else bleeds, it looks fucking magnificent on the shirt. So it tells a story as well, too. The blood of your face or your opponent's face on your shirt being wiped down on a white shirt tells a magnificent story. It's an awesome visual. So that's the story telling in that right there. But these men... So much history in, in this match. They played the highlights. They went out there and they started putting on a show. The match was very slow paced at first. No one wanted to go into the turnbuckles. Started a little bit crazier when they got out to the outside, beating the hell out of each other. Um, Don Callis on, on commentary as well, too. Um, it really didn't start picking up until the first explosion happened. And that's when Omega basically reversed Moxley right into the ropes and the explosion happened and the crowd went wild happy as hell all right remember that people y'all were getting super excited when those first explosions were happening so you need to deal with that okay it was good so explosions went out looked good reversals happened barbed wire and tables were being broken uh moxley reverses omega sends him to the um um, like almost body first or face first forward into the turnbuckle or sorry into the uh, ropes exploding basically in Omega's face so that was a good visual to see and then after that Moxie again does a drop kick a running drop kick to Omega pushes him again to the ropes and of course the explosions happen to Omega's back uh, there was a Death Rider para para paradigm shift to um, broken tables or barbed wire tables on the floor which was an amazing visual as well too both men cut up. There were parts where Moxley grabbed barbed wire all around his fist and started yamming it on Omega's head. Um, so many different variations of biting and cuts and exposing cuts and blood and, and all that great stuff that you can imagine these hardcore matches, these these exploding death match matches were happening. It was great. There were parts where like people were being thrown into a turnbuckle and barbed wire was literally sticking to people's skin and being ripped off. It was kind of gruesome in that in that point right there. Um end sequence happens. Um Kenny Omega hits the one winged angel onto Moxley, but he's close to the ropes, and instead of 
um, Moxley kicking out, his leg touches the bottom rope, setting off one of the explosions. So necessarily, he didn't kick out the one-winged angel. It's still protected, but the explosion disrupted the pin and had everybody just covering their face. I found that a nice little tricky, 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 um, and uh, I guess um, sequence to get out of that finish. Uh, nonetheless, we're almost at like the the five-minute mark. And, of course, in 30 minutes, if the match ends and there's no winner, all bombs explode inside the match. There is no winner. It's just a lot of chaos. So five minutes into the match, left into the match, the Good Brothers come out there. Of course, they start jumping Moxley. And, of course, we're seeing all the WC moves. We're almost like at three minutes into the match. Moxley gets put onto Omega's shoulders. The Good Brothers set up a chair. And he hits a one-winged angel on top of a stood-up chair, getting the win, getting the pinfall. And then this was a little awkward as they were trying to kill time as like the finish went maybe a little too early. So they were trying to kill time so that way the countdown clock could start, which, you know, you're, you're done. You guys are the uh, creators of this, of your own show. You could have spent time if, if you wanted. Or you could have had Don Callis go to the back and say, Rig the bombs now, rig the bombs now, or something. So, a little awkward. But, of course, the countdown does happen. And, and um, the Good Brothers handcuff uh, Moxley to the middle of the ring so he wouldn't escape. So these bombs could go off with him being inside it alone. Um... Of course, everybody's t- hightailing it out of there. The referee, who's in like a hazmat outfit, <laughs> hightailed it out of there. Bryce Mitchell. Um, and this was like one of my favorite parts. We got to see, as everybody was making their way out, Eddie Kingston fighting to get back into the ring. And people were pushing him out. And he was like, no, no, you cannot leave in the ring. Eddie Kingston, few of the year, PW Insider, few of the year with John Moxley last year. Coming out with their few and their history. And it's like, so like I said on Twitter, like I said on Instagram, some bonds are, are, can never be broken. Well, this is like a story right here of like guys who grew up and fought each other, but will still be there when times are at its lowest. And for him to try to go for the rescue while you have like about 10 seconds left trying to get him out the ring and then sacrificing his own body, laying down his own entire body before the bombs went off was beautiful storytelling at its finest long-term storytelling at its finest i appreciate the shit out of this now of course the bullshit it goes off we hit zero lights go off and there's a couple of little fizzles and smoke hit the ring like a small little explosion was it supposed to happen like that probably not did something probably get jammed or rigged maybe something happened the giant explosion that was supposed to happen didn't go off a couple of boos in the arena but of course eddie kingston's selling it moxie's selling it and of course they take them both out the ring and stretchers you know AEW's over do not let that final sequence of something happening on live tv erase the storytelling in that match it was a great match. It was a great sequence. It was great storytelling. No one else in the back room was going to help Mox out but his one true enemy, his once best friend. That's great storytelling. So, yes, yes, all the little fucking babies out there, the keyboard warriors, AEW stupid because they couldn't do that properly. Shit happens. But appreciate the whole, the whole event altogether. I give this three slaps of the term goal. I know we slapped the term goals. We barely ever hit a three. 
but I'm gonna give this all three slaps. Even the mural match, I felt like it had its place. Like, it wasn't a great match, but I give it all three slaps because from start to finish, I enjoyed that. Now, J, J Rant's opinions might be different. Um, so I won't say this is an EWA ranking right here. It's just a Val Cisco ranking. Um, but, you know, Jay might have different opinions on it when he watches it. You know, our boy Jeremy definitely had different opinions on it. I enjoyed it from start to finish. I, I loved every single match. Um, well, maybe not every single match, but I enjoyed every single match. The, the buy-in show was phenomenal. And if I appreciate the storytelling, I love the main event. Yes, I can, I can separate the fact that the bombs didn't go off the way they wanted to. It's okay in my head. Because at the end of the day, these guys went to town and put on a show. So three slaps to the turnbuckle from Val Cisco over here. I enjoyed it. It's set up for Wednesday. So you can tune in to Wednesday and see the outcome of AEW's rev revolution. And that's a smart thing to do. Sometimes, you know, we leave pay-per-views. And not necessarily we want to watch it on the main days like a Monday Night Raw or Smackdown but this made me interested to see what's going to happen on Wednesday it did its job perfectly so I enjoyed it guys let us know if you enjoyed it um, what the flaws were what you didn't like about it don't come at me and just say that you know you know, oh Val the, the explosions were anticlimactic yeah they were but did you enjoy the whole event tell me why you did not enjoy it if you didn't enjoy it give me an intelligent conversation just don't give me it sucked i'm a keyboard warrior i don't need to i don't need to talk about my shit no no you want to put your opinion out there and let's discuss it like men or women and let's discuss it simple as that the art of conversation is not that hard people but i enjoyed it for me i had a great time watching this from start to finish i was pleasantly surprised i think it was better than last year's revolution and um if this is the the style of pay-per-view we're going to be getting this year, I'm fully confident in AEW's abilities. So that's me, uh, Lucha Val Cisco on Twitter, Lucha Val Cisco on Instagram, at me, if you want to discuss any of this. Uh, Elite Wrestling Audio on all major podcast platforms. Pandora Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, things of that nature. We're everywhere. Podbean, Flick the Beam, we're everywhere. So come at us. Let us know how you felt about Revolution or wrestling in general. Uh, EWA Podcast on Instagram, EWA Podcast on Twitter, and of course Elite Wrestling Audio on Facebook. Add us, join us, let us know how you feel about this content right here. Um, it's going to be great. Guys, if you are interested in MMA, The Kimura Chronicles, where me and Jay Rance go to town and give you our thoughts about the fight nights, whether it's UFC, Bellator, PFL, and beyond. Um, that recent podcast for UFC 259 just came out as well too, so check that out as well. Pop culture fanatics, if you guys are into the pop culture of the world, you want to hear things about trailers, horror movies, anime, things of that nature. PCF podcast on Twitter, PCF podcast on Instagram, and Pop Culture Fanatics on Facebook. It's on all major outlets as well too for podcasting. Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. So go out there, give that some love. Lag Switch Gaming, or sorry, Lag Switching. Um, Jade just recently changed it as well too. Lag Switching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. 
go ahead and go out there recent episodes of the state of play a playstation and things of that nature if you're into your video games you want to get your you want to get your overwatch on that's the place to be guys we're coming out there we're taking over we are taking over the podcast game i appreciate you guys listening to me and my thoughts and my reactions for aew's revolution that's it that's a wrap good night goodbye and bang take care guys we will see you on the later on the memj as they say